Just a little note from all of us here at the Sonic Truth podcast. We hope that you and all of your loved ones are staying safe, staying at home, and staying healthy. Now, in a media landscape as complex as ours right now, figuring out which stops along the customer journey signal real advertising success has never been more challenging or more critical. The art and science of attribution, we believe, is the solution. And in part one of our two-part series on the subject, Leeds Rx co-founder AJ Brown sat down with Veritonic's Scott Simonelli to discuss what really makes it work for brands, particularly in radio. And with that, we suggest that you sit back, relax, and enjoy the Sonic Truth podcast. Great to have you here on the Sonic Truth. Just give us maybe a little quick overview on on who you are and, and how you got here. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, so Leeds RX, we've been around for about five years. I got started with the company back in April of 2015 with my co-founder, Jeff Keenan. You know, it was one of these tools that was developed out of, out of need. We were both consulting for other companies at the time. I was getting increasingly frustrated when the CEO would ask me, gee, AJ, how did those ads perform last week? And about only thing I could do was say, well, we got a thousand more clicks on Google. How's that? Uh, but I really wasn't able to associate that click-through, if you will, with, with any kind of business transaction. Did anybody ask for a demo of our product? Did they download a white paper? Did they ask for sales contact? So that's how Leeds Rx got started. We've now been in business, like I say, about five years, 3,500 customers worldwide. Attribution seems to be just really taking off amongst marketers around the world. Interesting. And so, I mean, I think in the digital world, it's relatively linear, like in the, in the sense that it all kind of happens online. And let, let's take a second and, and kind of back away into the, into the world of broadcast radio, just as a, as a different paradigm. Give us kind of some, some insight into how that, that works. Yeah, well, fortunately, you know, from the end user's perspective, it's no harder than digital. And that was the whole design uh, of incorporating broadcast as another touchpoint in the marketer's tool belt. We wanted the results of attribution, in a sense, to be as commonplace for radio as it is for digital. Same reports, same charts and graphs, same numbers, same ROAS report. And to that end, it is. We're not the only vendor that way, but any of our close competitors would say the same. We wanted broadcast to be as simple as anything else. But boy, it is not simple under the covers. (laughs) It's probably one of the hardest components of our technology. And in fact, it's something we be considering even seeking a patent on. It's so complex to understand all these spots that we put out. The frequency of spots, of course, is always high. There's just a lot of data points. And as we all know, we often get spot data that isn't quite correct yet. If we're working with schedules in particular, those always are going to change when the spot actually airs. So what does that mean from an attribution standpoint is that we have to be able to go back and change history, if you will. If we've chosen to upload the schedule as a way to precursor and, and say, well, how did the spots perform? Because the only thing we have is a schedule. We haven't got the Azure logs yet. The system should be able to do that. Um, but then once we get the post-run logs and they've been verified, we should be able to apply that and now review the attribution. Let's redo all of that work. And that piece of technology is, is pretty complicated. Also, knowing whether somebody really heard a radio ad and took digital action or not, look, at the end of the day, it's, it's a probability. It's not deterministic. We aren't calling people on the phone and saying, hey, did you just hear that radio ad? Did you go to the advertiser's website? And even if we did, we'd get it wrong most of the time, right? How many uh, times do you think you heard one brand advertise and you went to a different person's website? 
So what we try to do with attribution, of course, is take a universe of people or a population uh, and say, these people might have heard the radio ad and might be responding to it. And it's that word might that makes the software a little harder. Computers like ones and zeros. Computers like yeses and nos, on and off. This might category is sort of nebulous to computers. It's very difficult to code for that. But, you know, attribution products, ours included, have been able to accommodate that. We use a response window, so we give about 10 minutes on average uh, for consumers to take that digital action. But even that 10-minute window has to be changeable. It can't be set in stone. The moment you set it in stone, you're either being too aggressive with your attribution or you're leaving attribution on the table. Let me give you one good example. We've seen several cases where advertisers on radio have this weird second blip of web traffic. They always get a blip of traffic around minute two, minute three, uh, when a spot airs. But some advertisers get a second blip around minute 21, 20, 22, something like that, and it sustains itself for four or five minutes. We call that the second breath of radio. And I, I think of the human behavior kind of like my own. I, I might hear a radio ad for a roofing company and I might need a new roof on my house, but I'm the type of consumer that's unlikely going to drop everything I do and jump on the computer within two minutes to visit that advertiser's website. But I will make a mental post-it note and I'll finish my task at hand and then I'll go visit that site. And that's the behavior we see often in, in these advertisers with that second blip. So catching that second breath of radio along with the first breath is really critically important to giving full attribution credit back to that marketing touch point. That doesn't exist in digital spend at all. You click on the ad or you don't click on the ad. It's a one or a zero, on or off, yes or a no. It's what computers do really well. It's this other wor world of subjectivity in broadcast radio that is a little more challenging. The second breath uh, concept is really interesting. So someone might hear something during that time and then might act at a, at a later time. Mm -hmm. and, and that window could really fluctuate, say like that second breath happens days later. I guess, where is your kind of threshold at which it, it starts to get into, there's, there's things that you have high confidence in, <laughs> right? And things that, that you're used to, the word starts to get fuzzy. Where does that start to uh, lose signal strength? And, and is there some value in, in radio of somebody hearing that ad three times um, over the course of three days and you're, you're kind, of, kind of sustaining that breath, if you will? I think it's easy to get too generous with some of the attribution. Mm -hmm. meaning opening up the window of time to be way too long. Days certainly is way too long. On the other hand, it's also difficult to know what is the proper length of time. We do use something called um, a decay curve to help us determine what the window of attribution should be for that advertiser in that day part on that network. There's a lot of moving parts here. And to be able to, be able to do that correctly requires some type of quiescent period where no other advertising is causing too much noise at the same time. So for example, if an advertiser is constantly advertising on Google or, or beefed up their budget and they have radio ads too, it's kind of hard to pull that stuff apart. We have some technologies for taking a step that direction, but the best use case is if you have a, a quiet advertiser, they're only advertising say on radio and you can totally isolate that one channel. And we have cases of that uh, both in radio and in television as well. And in those cases, that second breath of radio I refer to does always occur around minute 21, 22, without fail. Not at minute 45, and we've checked, <laughs> not at minute 12. It, it just always comes about 20 minutes after the spot or so. I think days later is really tough, but we have seen 
uh, we have one agency we work with that, that feels that that does happen. Um, really actually about 12 hours later, here's the phenomenon that, that occurs with them. They've got TV spots in particular that run uh, in the evening, like around 11 o'clock PM. And they use a, a toll free number on that TV spot on that one spot, one number never used anywhere else. But then they get phone call orders the next morning at 7 a.m. So those drag orders occurred about eight hours after the spot aired. We know they're attributable back to that TV spot because of the toll free number. So wouldn't the same thing happen in radio? Wouldn't the same thing happen without the TFN, the toll free number? Are we still getting website visitors and so on? And that's, I think, the next big challenge is how do we capture those longer term drag orders that we know are occurring because of the phone calls that, and they must therefore be occurring to some level as well uh, digitally. Obviously, broadcast radio reaches a lot of people. And one of the things that I, I'm always surprised to learn is just how many people, you know, radio touches on a daily basis and for how long, you know, during the day, you know, versus other things that you just think are bigger. You, you're just inevitably going to cross channels. You mentioned television, um, obviously digital. I imagine like, you know, just thinking about all the complex complexities that, that you you handle, it's actually you know, just one of them. One of the many is probably this, this kind of cross-channel attribution where you might get a collaborative effect between broadcast radio, social, uh, television, et cetera. Yeah, give us some insight into that. Uh, in our case, we start with what we call a universal conversion tracking pixel. It's a lot of words to simply describe a small little tag that goes on the advertiser's website. Uh, that tag comes from us and is easily installed through a tag manager like Google Tag Manager, for example. Once that's on the advertiser's website, it picks up 100% of the inbound traffic to that website, and it helps us identify where that traffic came from. So if it comes as a referral from Facebook or Twitter, we know that. If it came from an ad click digitally, we know that. Doesn't unfortunately tell us about radio. So for radio, we have to now use our window of attribution and our subjectivity in a sense, and now look at attribution with a different methodology that we apply over that. But for example, we generally believe that if, if we're gonna give credit to radio in, in some overlapping situation, that we're probably also not going to give radio credit to people that came to the website from um, a click-through on an email blast. So let's say somebody was sent a retargeting email to come back to the website by a product, radio ad airs at the same time they clicked. We're not going to give credit to radio for that. We're going to give credit to the email campaign. But if they came organically through an organic search, maybe searching the brand name of the company, yeah, I think that's worth giving credit to radio because the brand name more than likely was mentioned in the radio copy, in the ad copy, and that drove the consumer to Google. They typed in the name and they found it. So there's some level of intelligence that we try to apply on top of that universal pixel to arbitrate between the channels. At the end of the day, it's not meant to be a black and white, oh, radio got credit for this and Google got credit for that. That's not the situation we're trying to do. We're trying to give partial credit in a, in, a, in a very impartial and judicial way to each of the channels that may be contributing to the conversion. The theory is, of course, if you do that consistently, it's all about the movement and the data. If today radio got 5% credit for the conversions you received and you modify your ad spend and you optimize your, your advertising campaigns and such, let's get that to 7%. Let's get it to 10%. Use the same consistent measurement, the same advertising noise is still in place, the same overlap. Let's just make improvements in that model rather than again taking it as a black and white. Here's my 5% conversions that are 100% attributed to radio. 
that's not what we're trying to do here. I feel like online will, will inevitably get more than it deserves, um, just given that that's where the, where the transaction's likely happening. You know, in our product, we have some knobs that you can turn and adjust some of these parameters and the weighting factors and so on. And the reason for that is I am a firm believer in human intelligence and experience playing a very active role in all attribution projects. Look, I love analytics. I was trained in mathematics. I almost became a mathematician. My first job out of college was mathematical curve fitting for production lines of calculator cells at Hewlett Packard. I love this stuff. But truly, we have to have that, that person who's been you know, buying radio or TV for 20 years to put their level of experience here on this as well. We're not here to replace what these people do. We're here to augment and give them analytic evidence to help them do that job. So to that end, what I like to talk to people about is let's tweak the knobs a little bit to be in line with what your gut is telling you enough that we can now use the attribution model as a baseline going forward. Remember, it's not meant to be challenging you and say, oh, you were wrong. Radio shouldn't get this much credit. What we're trying to do is establish that baseline to see where the movement is over time. Regarding digital and radio and kind of comparing those two together, look, there's no contest as far as I'm concerned. The 98% failure rate with, with digital ad clicks is, a, is terrible. It's abominable. And here's what happens. We see this all the time. Because we track what we call the customer journey, we know everything somebody did prior to purchase. The consumer finds a, uh, an ad in, let's say, Google, and they click on that ad. They go to the website. They don't buy the product. They go away. They click on that same ad again and again and again and again, five, six, seven times sometimes before they ever buy that product. And then you know what they do? They click on the ad again to come back and check on the order status. Did it ship yet? No, I'll, I'll, ch I'll check back tomorrow. I'll click on that ad again. So their cost of acquisition just keeps going up and up and up even after they become a client. It doesn't happen that way in radio. The cost effectiveness of radio is so phenomenally better <laughs> than digital that I'm just amazed at why more DTC vendors and e-commerce companies are not using that as an effective medium. We did a fairly large study on this last year, and we saw that there was twice the lift factor from broadcast combined TV and radio in this case, compared to Google and Facebook. And we've done studies with our customers when they sell, say, high-end men's merchandise online, and they are advertising on radio. It's probably a factor of five to seven times better cost-effectiveness with the radio channels than it is with the digital. Radio and, and audio in general uh, has been is such a uh, innate part of the human condition and such a big part of everyone's lives that as AirPods and and satellite and podcasting and smart speakers and, and all these other applications have now um, kind of come to life in the last couple of years. Like you're seeing, radio is is becoming part of that conversation. It's not it's not being replaced by those new ways to consume audio. No those ways that have made audio more accessible. And as, as more and more companies, you know, like us, right? Like more people like us are sitting here shining light on, on the metrics and, and making these things quantifiable and measurable that, uh, that adds more to it. Um, and I think that's, that's a, that's a big piece of it. So I do too. Yeah. Audio so, is amazing. Audio is subconscious. We don't have to be, you know, looking at the radio to get the message or the echo device or whatever, however we're consuming it. Uh, even a podcast, we've got the, the earbuds in our ears and we're doing something else, right. but we're hearing that. That subconscious playback of that story is really, really important. Again, you don't get that digitally at all. 
Yeah. No, I remember I almost took a job in radio sales way back in my past life. And, and one of the, the big pitches was it was for uh, traffic and weather. And it was like, you know, look, when somebody hears the, the weather in the car, or the news, you know, they're, they're so engaged, like their, their brain mm-hmm. in, in, you know, alert mode. And to put an ad in there is like the most relevant time to hit somebody because of, of just the emotional state they're in, how tuned in they are. You, you can't get that anywhere else. Um, and and those, those are some interesting points. Um, so, so to that end, like the creative itself. So we're really excited, obviously. You know, Veritonic and Leads RX, you know, partnering um, is something you know, I, we're excited as a business about. Hopefully you are too. Um, but what advice can you provide? What kind of perspective can you give to somebody coming to this uh, and, and kind of trying to understand the landscape from the moment they're getting started all the way through? Yeah, well, look, Veritonic and Leads RX or Veritonic and Attribution in general is just a match made in heaven. Um, when you can start really understanding the sentiment of an ad and how that plays out analytically and put all those pieces together, now we're really talking. Funny enough, for as long as radio has been around, it's still at that stage of like, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's funny. I think sometimes people think that this already exists. Of course, you should be able to do this, right? right. But, you know, you and I, our companies were involved in a recent study for a large national brand, 1,500 retail stores or something like that, an online presence and a big name. And I remember sitting through the 114-page presentation with the agency on board. And you might remember what they said at the end of the call. This is the best, most deep dive data we've ever seen. And this is one of the world's largest marketing agencies that's the recipient of this data. And I thought it was so interesting to realize that they don't have this at their disposal. This is unique. This is new. This is different. Let's all take advantage of that. This is something that's just ever changing every day. We're all learning a lot more. Uh, This is not old hat by any means. So, so just in, in parting, um, you know, and just generally speaking, I'm just curious to hear your perspective on this. You know, what, what's next? Like, what should we be excited? You know, obviously, as we're, as we're recording this, you know, there's, there's a global pandemic happening. Let's not ignore the elephant in the room. There's a lot, you know, the world is, is going through a lot of challenges right now, which hopefully, you know, the world will rally and get through that. But as far as the world that we live in and, and the world of audio, the world of attribution for you, you know, what, what can we be excited about and look forward to in the next few months and, and year? I think there's going to be some basic enhancements with attribution that we get from the early adopters. And I like to talk about performance-based advertising fees. I'm a big proponent of paying for what you get. And I think, uh, you know, it's great to pay for ads that, that I'm going to run, but wouldn't it be even better to pay for, for customers? In other words, I'd be more like in our business, we, we generally pay 50 to $75 for a great customer lead but I pay a dollar for an ad click. I'd rather just tell the world, hey, I'll, I'll pay anybody $50 to send me a qualified lead and, and do it on a performance basis. To do that, you need attribution. To do that reliably, you might need attribution with things like blockchain technology. Blockchain, we've heard about you know, for a while now, haven't been a lot of great use cases for it in some people's minds, but I think this is one where you've got a number of different vendors, whether it's Google's AdClick or Facebook or radio advertising or maybe a little TV in there too, all of those things are contributing to a customer for your business. How do we amply reward and compensate those various publishers for the job well done? I don't want to pay them for they might find me a customer. I'd rather pay them for the fact that they did. I kind of think that might be where attribution is headed. Cool. And look, that's... Let's see. We'll, we'll talk again. <laughs> and, Perfect. <laughs> and we'll see where, where that goes. And I think, um, you know, this is just, I think, the beginning of, of a dialogue that you know, I think we'll collectively have as companies focused on this, but certainly as, as hopefully you and I have as we continue to 
you know, be part of this puzzle and part of the, the solution. Because ultimately, there's a lot of enterprises out there and thousands of companies that, that will benefit from advertising with audio. And, and they're going to need, uh, you know, a, a real group of companies and, and ultimately a whole collective that's going to help there. And, and it's not going to happen overnight. And, and we've got to invest the time in it. And these, these kinds of conversations, um, whether it's here on a podcast with, with Advertising Week and AW360 or at a conference, you know, hopefully, and, and, and those things in the future. Um, so looking forward to those conversations, AJ. And um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk to us. This has been educational and, and a lot of fun. You bet, Scott. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast has been a co-production between Veritonic and Advertising Week 360. And for more content just like this, visit advertisingweek360.com.